Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Congressman uh, Ralph Norman, Congressman Chip Roy, and Congressman Dan Bishop. Uh, you're just you just listened to Robert Winger from Israel sounding two what's called triple twist shofars at the same time. Uh, that's kind of the Israeli Defense Forces a wake up call there. I think he's what he was sounding. And that's in honor of what you men have done. Ralph Norman, I praise God for your life. I'm going to turn it to you first. You'll introduce the others as you want. But tell us what happened this last week. And thank you for what you went through to make it possible. Congressman Norman. Jim, glad to be with y'all, with your program. This is the second time I've been on. And let me introduce the the true heroes in this program. this journey that we've been on. Chip Roy is from Texas uh, and Dan Bishop is from North Carolina. Both were elected in 2019. Uh, Chip is from the 21st district. He was the chief assistant for Ted Cruz. He was the assistant attorney general. He's a lawyer. He's a uh, great golfer. Uh, Went to Virginia on a golf scholarship. So a great athlete as well. Dan Bishop, uh, again, is a true hero. He's a lawyer from North Carolina. He served in the House from 15 to 19, and then the Senate, uh, 15 to 17, and then the Senate from 17 to, to 18. Uh, both of these uh, people were instrumental in crafting the documents that made the agreement that uh, Mr. McCarthy, as Speaker of the House, will abide by. They spent many hours going over it and making sure it was what we had um, had planned and actually had gotten to uh, Kevin McCarthy a couple of months ago, at least 60 days, 90 days ago. And, um, you know, when it came down to it, we had the, uh, after the elections, we did not have the, uh, the wave that we thought, but anyway, the, the negotiations took over then. And these two men were, were so, uh, diligent, worked so hard. And I just want to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, and we can get into the details, but uh, Chip and Dan, do y'all want to say, if, uh, kind of introduce yourselves in addition to what I said? Chip, you go first. Well, Ralph, uh, Dan, uh, great to be on here, and thank you all for having us. I apologize for being in the back of the vehicle, but I left my iPad at a restaurant and I had to go reclaim it. So you're getting you're getting Chip Roy in motion, but um, <laughs> I'm just pleased I'm just pleased to be a part of this. Uh, I know some of the people on this call. Um, and appreciate y'all so much and your your uh, spiritual uh, support of us and your prayerful support of us. Uh, it means a lot. I can tell you when we were going through the, the battles last week, getting people texting and tweeting and social media talking about their prayers and support meant the world. Uh, when there were a few arrows being thrown our way, um, I'm happy to get into some substance um, whenever Ralph wants us to. But uh, I'm honored to be on it. We accomplished a great deal. Uh, but 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 again, it's, it's step one of many, right? We we're, we all came to Washington to change this. Uh, we didn't come to Washington for second place. You all didn't send us here uh, to uh, accept the status quo and continue to spend money we don't have, continue to fund programs that violate our constitution, violate our conscience as Christians as Americans, um, and uh, and it's time to change it. And so we set out over the last really four or five months to do that and lay out rules changes uh, under which we operate to try to make the house uh, actually empower the members that are sent there rather than just a handful of people in leadership. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we could 
I mean, believe it or not, read bills. And actually have, you know, a few days to read the bills, to have bills that have single subjects instead of thousands of subjects or hundreds of subjects, um, to be able to ensure that we can actually offer amendments on the floor to limit spending. And then importantly, to constrain spending uh, with some serious caps, because if you don't stop funding the bureaucrats in Washington, you can't reclaim freedom. But that's the quick summary, but we, we got a lot done uh, working with these guys. And I'll just finish with this, turn it over to Dan, and then we can get into the weeds more than you want. But um, Dan and Ralph are, are just great warriors, and I'm proud to serve alongside of each of them. And I appreciate very much the team that we've had, the 20 people on that floor, of all uh, varying differences of opinion. People don't understand, right? This isn't a military. No one comes in and can issue an order. I represent 750,000 Texans. Dan, 750,000 North Carolinians, Ralph, you know, South Carolinians. We have to come together and figure out how to execute and operate as a team without a command and control. And we had 20 people that came together, stuck together, and we went all the way through. Even with the differences of opinion at the very end, we were able to get a lot of good changes. And uh, now the hard work begins tomorrow. Hopefully we'll pass the rules package move forward, and I'll turn it over to my good friend, Dan. Thank you, Chip. You guys can hear me okay? We sure can. Great. Uh, Pastor Garlo, it's really an honor to be with you and all of you. Ralph, thank you for uh, bringing it to our attention and getting us on the call. You know, I and and let me say this about Ralph in, in return, if I could. There, are, You know, we, we, as Chip indicated, we began some part of this effort as early as last July when we began intensively trying to examine what rules could be changed in the House to make, to give more members, to get more voices in, in real participation. You know, this, you, what epitomizes Washington, I think the most that we've all become so accustomed to and so chagrined by are these omnibus appropriations bills that uh, are designed in the, in the back in the, in the uh, behind closed doors by a handful of the most senior people in Congress, and then like the one that just passed uh, with, frankly, with uh, the support of 18 Republican senators, uh, $1.7 trillion. Uh, the bill was dropped, you know, within three or four days before Christmas and a day or so before, a day and a half or so before we passed it, wherever they passed in the Senate. And then, of course, the Democrats rammed it through in the, in the House. Um, that doesn't, almost everybody understands that Washington is broken that Congress doesn't work as it's supposed to, that that's not what's supposed to happen. And of course, it was, it's been, you know, it, this effort began and we couldn't get folks to hear, to even entertain discussing with us what, what rules changes were needed until after the election. But as we began working more and more intensively throughout the period since the election, as we were approaching the beginning of opening of Congress on January 3, uh, a, a group of us, and it wasn't all of House Freedom Caucus. Some of House Freedom Caucus has been uh, not not inclined for us to do this, but it did, and it turned. And we didn't know it was going to be twenty either. Um, that was really a pleasant surprise. It was really the there were first the first brave five people who were prepared to come out in public and say. They were not, under the circumstances that then existed, were not going to support the election of Kevin McCarthy speaker until we were able to deal with these issues. One of those was Ralph Norman. And um, the, the pressure on Ralph and those other four uh, from the, you know, from for, for 
you know, all throughout, frankly, the month of December going into January was unbelievable. And then, of course, it redoubled in the course of this past week, which feels more like a month. Um, so I'm grateful to, to those folks who had the courage to go out and say uh, that they were prepared to, to say where they stood. Even then, it gave the rest of us something we could rally around and build around. And uh, so it was it was not an easy ride. And, and it's funny how meet national media, including even conservative outlets, there's one conservative commentator out there uh, who has long been advocating to have a constitutional convention to uh, change the United States Constitution. And, and, and of course, there are always issues about whether that could get out of control and result in changes we didn't anticipate. But he thought it was way too risky to, uh, to even delay the immediate election or coronation of Kevin McCarthy as the next Speaker of the House. Um, it, so it's really been disappointing to see some folks who say they're conservative who've been disinclined to support what we've done or what we attempted to do, or well, started to do, let's put it that way. Um, but I also agree with Chip and, and these guys, so we, you know, we started, we were frankly the only knew the last night or two before January 3rd, that we would have about 17 people uh, on the first day. And against, you know, a conference of 222, that's not, a, that's, that's, a, that's obviously some people where there were some gnashing of teeth and some very nasty interactions. Uh, but by the time we got onto the floor, it was 19. And then Byron Donalds of Florida joined us. Ultimately, Victoria Sparks of Illinois began voting present on successive uh, measure, uh, votes for speaker, and it provided us ultimately, I mean, I would, frankly, I would like for it to have been 30 members of Congress, 40, 50, more than that. And I think that's, that's really where maybe a focus or question needs to be asked is why it wasn't more. Um, because many, many members of the Republican conference have acknowledged to Chip and to me and to Ralph, uh, that, uh, the changes that we push for are exactly what the Republican conference needs to be doing. We need to reform Congress so that it works better. We need to commit to specific policy strategies so that we can go to the mat together for the American people. And instead of being rolled by the Democrats continually, we can win these confrontations over, uh, over very important matters that we've got to have done. Chip will talk some probably, or Ralph will, about budget. I just want to mention one feature of this, of this agreement that's very important to me. I serve on, as Chip does, serve on the Judiciary Committee with Jim Jordan of Ohio. He'll now be the chairman. Um, but we had, Kevin began talking during the last few couple of weeks before January 3 that he was amenable to having what we refer to as a church-style committee. Now, a bunch of people said, well, what about separation of church and state? We're not talking about anything having to do with the church in this case. It is about Frank Church. He was a senator from, I believe, Idaho in 1975. There was an independent or select committee set up in the United States Senate to dig into what our intelligence community, our intelligence agencies and the FBI had been doing to Americans, and in large part, some foreign covert actions. You guys remember the assassinations of foreign leaders. It was, and, and there had been a lot of abuses. And that committee, uh, for the first time, really dug into it. The intelligence state in this country, the security state, 
the abuses by the bureaucracy are far worse now than they've ever been. Uh, in my view, the intelligence state is bigger and more threatening to fundamental human rights of Americans. And so we have uh, achieved a really important part of this agreement is a select committee on the weaponization of the federal government. And we have achieved for it all the authority that it will need to get at the information uh, that is buried in our federal bureaucracy about the way the FBI is, is, uh, is uh, well, I'll, I'll leave out detail because I'm going too long, but I'm very eager for that. I expect to serve on that committee, and I'm sure we'll talk about other features of the agreement, but that's a big deal. All right, Congressman, thank you for all three of you. Uh, let's get into the, let's get deep, now deep into the weeds of actually what got negotiated, uh, because whether it's fiscal or whether it's this area of the Intelligence Committee and the abuses there, uh, whether it's the oligarchy or the dictatorship that the speakership has has really evolved into, uh, talk to us the, in the, the specifics uh, about what was accomplished because this is profoundly significant. And a question in my mind that shows my ignorance of the process: Do these rule changes have to be voted on by the entire body? And if so, will all uh, GOP hang together so this gets passed and it's not lost? So. So I, I can take a stab at that if uh, the other two gentlemen uh, are okay with that. Um, there are a number of things that we accomplished. We'll kind of take them in, <clears throat> in, a, in a couple of different blocks. The first thing uh, that, that a lot of noise was made over, um, but it's important, was the uh, traditional 200-year version of vacating the chair. That is the ability of one member of Congress to exercise his or her rights uh, as a member of Congress to make a motion to say that we need a new Speaker of the House. It has been the rule, uh, going back to Thomas Jefferson, uh, as a principle, as a concept. It has been a rule in its exact form from 1910 through uh, the 115th Congress until, and all the way up through 100, uh, 2019, and then Nancy Pelosi changed the rule and made it where uh, only the leaders could do it and only with a certain number of votes. We felt it was necessary to take that back to the individual rules for accountability for the speaker. We've been lobbying for that for a long time. Uh, it took until last weekend for the uh, now speaker to agree to take a five vote threshold. Um, some of our blocks did not believe that was enough. And uh, we kept holding the line. We got the traditional historic one vote, make a motion. You can go uh, make a motion to vacate the chair. Now, the entire body has to then vote. Uh, on the speaker, right? It would raise the question then of the speaker and whether to vacate the chair and then have another vote for speaker. But that's an important accountability tool. Number two, the rules that we talked about in terms of 72 hours to read the rule, a rule that makes it where we have uh, enforcement mechanisms to limit bills to single subjects or the ability to break up and divide questions so that you don't get these monster bills with five, 10, 20, 100 different subjects germane amendments, meaning amendments that you know relate to the actual underlying single subject, uh, and, and were uh, uh, something called the Holman Rule, which allows you as a member of Congress to go in and reorganize agencies against the recalcitrant uh, executive branch. Those are in a rules package, those rules I just described, all of those, that we will be voting on tomorrow. Those are critically important that we get those passed. That is a part of the deal. We need Republicans to support that tomorrow in the rules package that governs all of the rules by which we operate in the House of Representatives. The third area where we got changes 
was with respect to uh, the uh, ability to offer amendments uh, on the floor of the House for appropriations bills. In other words, we got a specific agreement from the speaker. Now, this is not in the rules package, but it is something that we're working through to make sure that we'll be a part of the way the rules. Actually, you know what? I take, actually, Dan, I can't remember if that part is in the rules package or not. I need to check that. But we got an agreement to ensure that we'll be able to offer on the floor of the House appropriations bill, uh, uh, appropriations amendments that would cut spending. Why is that important? Because since 2016, we haven't been able to offer an amendment on the floor of the House in any way, shape, or form unless it was blessed by the leadership. That's wrong. You guys send us to Washington. I have an election certificate for Texas. I need to have a voice. So this enables us to do that on spending bills. Also on spending, we got an agreement with the speaker that we would not pass a budget resolution that does not balance within 10 years or less that we would in fact pass a budget resolution and that it would balance within 10 years. And importantly, that for this year's spending, the one that we're gonna pass for fiscal year 24, right? When we debate it this year, that's for the next fiscal year, that that will be capped at fiscal year 22 level. So it will pull back spending off of the bloated level from this omnibus spending bill that was just passed in December by Mitch McConnell and his 18 Republicans siding with Democrats. That cap is really important to reset the table and get ourselves headed on a fiscal path of sanity. Uh, importantly, people will claim that that means we're cutting defense spending. That does not mean that. What we're doing is saying we have to cap the level, just like you do at your home, just like you do in your churches, just like you do in your businesses. We're setting the level of spending at $1.471 trillion. That's the discretionary total spending level from 22. And then we got to go do our work, pull our sleeves up. Fund defense, fund Homeland Security, fund all of the other uh, discretionary pieces of the budget. None of that will touch what we call mandatory entitlement spending, Social Security or Medicare. We can have a debate about those things, but that's separate from this agreement. Um, and, it, and those things were really critically important in terms of dealing with the spending constraints. One final area that I'll talk about, because Dan's already talked about the uh, church-style committee, the empowerment of judiciary for us to have a cross-jurisdiction across multiple agencies to go after the weaponization of government within the Judiciary Committee. The last area that I think is important to talk about is the Rules Committee. We've extracted pledges to ensure that we have conservative representation on the Rules Committee so that we can make it more independent, not just a rubber stamp for leadership to drive a bill to the floor. And the Rules Committee is the funnel by which uh, legislation gets to the floor. And the Rules Committee decides if a bill that comes from committee is in order or appropriate to get to the floor. So if the Rules Committee stops it, it doesn't get to the floor. So that would give us a lot of power to be able to stop anything that doesn't match our concerns, whether it's spending or whether it's probably particularly of interest for this group, some of the woke nonsense that tends to get in a lot of these bills and legislation. It would give us a powerful check on that. Those are the big things. I'm probably forgetting a few. I'm gonna make one final point. I'm filibustering here. Back to Dan's point. We wouldn't have gotten most of these things if any of these things, but for the five, including Ralph Norman, who put their name publicly out there and say they would oppose McCarthy. And then those of us who kind of came in behind them, like they were our blockers, with seven of us signing a letter on December 8th saying we demanded changes and we listed them out. That combination one-two punch is what enabled us to 
you know, leverage being able to get and extract changes through the debate over the speakership. But again, with all due respect to all the commentators, all the activists and donors who've been calling in, oh, you would have gotten all these rule changes. That is flat, not true. We extracted almost every one of these changes by virtue of the uh, courage of those five, including Ross Norman. I'll yield back. Just for the record, across the fruited plain, my contention would be there's far more with you than against you. There's far more with you than against you. Once they understand these issues, I cannot tell you how proud we are of you. I'll go to, back to whichever one of the other two of you want to jump right in and continue right on what's being shared. R Ralph, you and I, uh, Chip and I are filibustered. Why don't you tell them a little bit about it? Well, let me just tell you for your listeners, uh, Jim, you know, you wonder why everybody, when we went to caucus that Tuesday at 12, lines up behind the speaker. Uh, well, the speaker's got a lot of power. He controls committees. He, for a large extent, controls fundraising. And he just has a lot of power. And during that meeting, when he basically they had their, their advocates lined up to speak, uh, to be in lockstep with uh, the speaker, uh, McCarthy, we just said no. And, uh, and that's when the battle began. And that's why it's been a real battle that, uh, that Chip and Dan have been so much a part of. Uh, we got some monumental changes. And I'll be honest with you, what Chip mentioned about the 72 hour rule, the omnibus that Dan mentioned, $1.7 trillion was four, pages long that we got the night before. If you're a speed reader, you still cannot get through that. Uh, so that's why that's important. The Holman Rule, being able to cut funding on spe specific programs like Dr. Fauci, uh, cutting funding for the COVID mandates. Uh, that's why that's important. Uh, the uh, Any federal tax increase that goes up requires a three-fifths vote of the House of Representatives. Uh, term limits, which is something I've been big on. Three terms in the House, two in the Senate. We get to vote on that. Heretofore, you wouldn't even get to vote because it would never get out of the Rules Committee. But all of these uh, end up being pretty transformational as we move forward. And the, the real work begins uh, now. And as Dan said, I wish we would have had more than 20. Uh, we should have had every member of the Freedom Caucus. We should have had uh, so many people who have said to each one of us, Washington is broken. Well, if it's broken, how are you going to fix it? And so that's where these rules come into place. And as Chip said, had we not negotiated this early, we wouldn't have gotten it. We would have been at the mercy of leadership. And I'm sorry, that's not the way Congress should work. And I would add this too. You know, all the pundits, Newt Gingrich, Trey Gowdy, uh, Mick Mulvaney uh, said, well, we're holding up Congress. We've The work of the people can't begin. Congress uh, the Senate is in session till September, till the end of, of this month. And if you look back on the 117th Congress, we were out of session, meaning out of Washington, 24 weeks. So we can't take uh, three days, four days, five days. Dan, Chip, and the, the rest of, of us were willing to sit for as long as it, uh, as it would take to get the concessions. And I wouldn't call it concessions it's things we should have had anyway i would i would argue that anything that we have in this rules package makes common sense if you're a true conservative if you're not a true conservative then uh then you don't agree with it so uh dan you know, i'll get you, you back you to know, you ralph if i could throw in jim i don't we don't want to go on too long but i just want to add ralph makes me think of a couple more things i wanted to say because he talked about specific bills we're going to put on the floor and under this agreement ralph mentioned the congressional term limits bill 
We're also putting a bill uh, on the floor of the, what's called or the Texas border plan. Chip has been the architect of that with the Texas delegation to uh, get some meaningful changes in border security measures so that we can uh, begin to get the southern border under control. The fair tax proposal will be uh, going on the floor for a vote and a vote to uh, end the declared COVID national emergency, which still pins out there and can still be used as a source of executive power to continue abusing abusing the freedoms of Americans. So those things all seem worth worth mentioning. And um, and again, it's just it's been you know, as, as Ralph said the last, and I'll conclude with this, uh, as we've had so many members tell us that how good these rules changes are. Kevin McCarthy is, is touted a lot of the rules changes that not one rule change was contemplated by anyone in the conference except, except these 20. Wow. Uh, not one uh, uh, specific on how we were going to go proceed with policy during the course of these two years to meet our obligations to the American people. If they were good, if they're as good as they say, the question remains why more didn't join. So we've got to change the habits, I think, or, or we uh, let people re-examine the habits in Washington, not just the way the procedures are broken, but the way we think of it, uh, of it, the way we, our leadership, you know, we, we pick leaders based on advancing the pecking order a notch rather than figuring out who's best for the moment. We uh, just sort of go along with the flow, continuing doing the same thing in the same way and just by almost by rote. And not only is that boring, <laughs> it's just it's a it's a it's a violation of our obligation, sacred obligation to the people. I, I can't it would be a, a, a travesty to to go and seek votes from people to go to Washington to be their congressman and just go up there and be a stooge doing what other somebody else tells you to do. We were not willing to do that. That's all there is to it. I want to remind our listeners that once again, God's the one who came up with the idea of government and God establishes nations. The three men you're listening to are godly men who respect, respect and honor God. They respect the constituents who voted on them. They stood in, and encouraged and brought in exactly what should be. And we could make the case scripturally and biblically for every one of these issues that they have talked about. I'm gonna come back to two questions. The first one's so unpleasant. If you wanna just bypass it, I'll give three, give the three of you permission to say, I'll go to the second question. The first question is, I've, I've only met Kevin McCarthy once and that was for a couple seconds. So I do not know him at all. Uh, I know he's got a wonderful wife. I've heard reports of his godly wife and godly mother, but I don't know him. And so I've never been around him except for those just a few minutes greeting him one time. But the, the, the statement that I heard from so many rumbling was, we do not trust him. So if you want to respond to that one, uh, please do. If you want to bypass that question, go right ahead. The second question is, these are agreed to now, but the entire House has to vote on almost every one of these, which means the issue for me is never Republican versus Democrat. It's those who follow biblical ways as those who follow uh, the anti-scriptural ways. It's that simple. We have 47 Republican in the House and 12, well, actually 16 or whatever it was uh, in the Senate who voted for that for which God destroyed Sodom. Uh, I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat, they violated the scripture. So to me, it's, it's scriptural and anti-scriptural issues. That's where the demarcation is. Yep. So you've got the whole House coming together. Are they going to stand, is a sufficient number of the people who got an R in front of their name going to stand uh, to honor this, if they would not, uh, by chance, what 
happens at that point. I would hope every person who called a Democrat would honor the, these are these are rational, these are rational things. I, I don't know whether they will or not. I'm assuming they're not. But what, so the first question, if you want to respond to it, or if you want to bypass it, the rumbling I heard is Kevin can't be trusted. The second one is if the whole house has to vote, where are we on that one? And what happens if it doesn't pass? Let, let me take that first, Jim. As far as trust, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy uh, has been in Congress 14 years. If you look at his voting record. Uh, been in leadership 14 years, Ralph. Been in leadership 14 years. Yeah. And uh, he's got a great personality, and all three of us are getting behind him now that he's speaker. Now, we decided that, you know, we're all business people. We got it in writing. And, you know, I, I would hope that he would whip, meaning really gin up our base, meaning our Republican caucus to back this and to help us get the rules package. Now, we'll find out when we get back tomorrow uh, how that is. We've already had rumblings that different people are deciding not to uh, go vote against it. And one member said, well, uh, I'm going to vote against it. Welcome to the 118th Congress. Well, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, trustworthiness, you know, we wanted it in writing. Uh, as it moves forward, we will trust Kevin until he gives us a reason not to trust him. But it's a new day. It's a new Congress. And I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. He's like, I mean, he's like all of us. He's, he's got his flaws like we all do. Hopefully he will move forward and hopefully he will be a man of his word. And so we can, we've got so much opportunity for this country to do a great thing. Congress is broken. We all agree, but hopefully he will. Now, I don't expect many of the Democrats to get on board, but we'll see. But it's going to take all the members of, of the House uh, to join on on with us, and hopefully they will. And, and I'll add this, uh, Jim, I, as, and I, I think Ralph's covered the part about uh, Kevin's uh, personal qualities, but we have a, this deal, that, that's why we have a deal, is because we need a deal. And, uh, and, that, and so, um, I, you know, I believe that uh, Kevin and the WIP team will get the votes together to approve the rules package that is the first step to implementing this deal. But understand, that's, why, that's one reason the one-person uh, motion to vacate the chair, well, that would be in the rules package. It exists in parliamentary law, even if we don't have a rules package. We're not going forward unless this deal is that has been the, uh, you know, the, the uh, agreed as a condition of our votes for Kevin uh, is honored. Very good. So let me let me jump in. If I might just jump in and have one thing. Zeke, on the, they talked about the deal. You asked the second part about the, on the vote, and, and Ralph called, covered some of that. Um, understand, though, the agreement is with those of us who decided to support the speaker and the speaker. A good chunk of the agreement is not something that's specifically in the rules package being voted on tomorrow. For example, the uh, spending limit, right? Uh, and and parts of it that could get focused on the bills that would be coming full. So there are pieces of it that are an agreement to move forward on uh, positions that we will take on policy positions and specific legislation like the Texas border plan and spending limitations in the debt piece. There are pieces of it that are attached to the rules committee, but in my view, the agreement is nevertheless uh, a, a remaining intact as in between us and the speaker. And so if for some reason we don't pass the rules package tomorrow, well, the agreement's still there on all the same principles. So we're going to be holding to account. 
Um, I, I am hopeful tomorrow that we will move forward as a body and advance forward on the rules package. Obviously, we've got one who said he's not going to vote for it. No one else, to the best of my knowledge, has publicly done so. And I know that there's a lot of whipping going on as we speak and will be in Tulsa tomorrow. So, so let me just get through uh, of the, the vote, for example, which ones are in and which ones are not in the rules being voted on. Can you go through the list and say, this one is in, this one's not, so we have a clear understanding of what is what will be voted on tomorrow. And then the part that, if I understand the second part, is simply agreement with the speaker and will not be voted on by the total body tomorrow. I certainly, and Dan can, Dan can jump in here and correct me if I'm wrong. The motion to vacate is in the rules package. The rules changes that are uh, that I described earlier, and I think Dan did, the 72-hour rules, the single subject of germaneness, and what we call the Holman rule to reorganize agencies, that's all in the rules package. Um, the church-style commission is an agreement that then references language uh, in the rules package to get it organized. Um, so it, that's kind of a both yes and no, right? That's both an agreement that we're gonna set it up that way. And then the rules package then lays out uh, in the rules package ways to, you know, the, the, the mechanisms by which we will set it up uh, in, the, in the resolution that would be implemented to set up the commission uh, that, the, that way. For, for um, all intents, the, let me interrupt on that one, on Chip, just interject and say, as it's all the, the, the uh, select committee is, uh, authorization or, or resolution to create that is not actually technically part of the rules package. It likewise will be voted on this coming week. It probably the first day or uh, after the rules package. So it's it's very it's it's essentially allied to the rules package. Go ahead, Chip. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, so it's kind of both in and out. The the uh, part about the debt um, limit and the spending caps and spending limitations and balanced budgets, that is not a part of the rules package. That is a separate agreement about how we will proceed as we go down in terms of appropriations bills. Uh, the uh, change to allow us to offer amendments um, on the floor in appropriations bills that one, I cannot remember if that was added into the rules or if it's a separate agreement, Dan. And I, I, I can't remember either, Chip. I, I don't know that and, it's, uh, yeah, not, it might be in the in the protocol for the committee, for the rules committee. I think not it's sure. in the protocol for the rules committee, but I, I can't remember for sure. Um, and that's the main, those are the main items. I'm probably forgetting something. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go just for a moment, if I can. Uh, you guys did not go too long, by the way. Uh, we want, frankly, we want to hang on to you longer, but I want to be respectful of your schedules because you've gone through an entire week with almost no sleep. And then you have to be back. I think you, uh, the gavel comes down to start session tomorrow. It's tomorrow noon? It's, no, it's tomorrow evening. 5 p.m. tomorrow uh, is when it, uh, when it starts. Uh, I want just a couple guys to speak a word over you. Uh, Adam Schindler, Adam Schindler, I know you're you're going through TSA in an airport right now. Um, are you able to come on and just speak a word, uh, prophecy and blessing over these men? And I may come back to them, but I, I want to catch you before you board a plane, if I'm able to. Adam, are you there? Adam, are you able? To... I am here. Okay. Can you hear me? I sure can, Adam. You've been, I don't know if you've been able to listen, but I know you're going to board a plane. Can't see. Give me a. 
Yeah, give me give me three minutes. I'm gonna get out of my Uber. Come back to me. I'll be ready. Oh, okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, I'm gonna go to Ned. Ned in Florida. Ned Marmon, a pastor in Florida. Ned, what do you want to speak in blessing these men? Yeah, yeah thank, thank you so, so much. It was an honor to hear from you, gentlemen. I greatly respect the work that you do. I've kind of changed a lot of echo from you. A tremendous echo right now. Okay, just one second. Let me change something very fast. Hold on. We can come back to you if we need to. Can, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Is that uh, it's, it's a little bit better, but it's still echoing. But let's go. Let's go ahead because I want I want them to hear the blessing. I'm so sorry. The volume was, was low on this, so I put in my earbuds, and that's probably the issue. But what's, what I want to share with you, gentlemen, is just as I've been praying, I'm someone that intercedes and prays over the nation. Um, I don't know what your what your background in Christianity is. I'm someone that believes that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well today, and that Jesus Christ is King of the Earth, according to Daniel chapter seven. That He ascended. When He ascended, uh, He was given a kingdom that was eternal and a dominion that was global. And so, I love Jesus, and my desire is that all would come to know Him and love Him and reverence Him. Uh, and I believe that God has a heart for this nation and for every individual in it. That he loves people, believer, unbeliever, and he seeks to do good for all. But as I, as I was praying, I feel strategically there's really a 15-year window uh, for the restoration of this nation unto God's vision for it, which I believe America was raised up to be the place of ultimate justice on planet Earth, a beacon for freedom and justice for all, no matter the background. And just as I was praying for you, gentlemen, uh, Representative Norman, as I was praying for you, I had such a strong impression from the Holy Spirit that you carry a real pastoral anointing, that you care for hearts, that you care to gather, that you care to lead, and that uh, you, you are, you're one that, that knows how to reach hearts and catch hearts. Jesus said this, that if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And that's, that was actually a very common phrase back then in Christ's day. And it was that you would pluck men's hearts like one plucks a fish out of the sea. And what I saw as I was praying for you was that the major call in your life right now is to mentor and raise up next generation leaders. You've done amazing things, sir, and I believe that God will continue to use you. I'm not prophesying that your political career is over, but it's so important that you pour into those next generation leaders because they will be the ones that are going to finish much of what you guys have planted. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that uh, he speaks that that, that Apollos watered, that, that, or sorry, that one planted one water, but God gave the increase. You guys are planting something that I believe that is going to come to fruition as men and women pick up the call to carry this with faithfulness. Uh, and Representative Bishop, as I was praying for you, I saw a, a, a plumb line. And I believe that God has given you a divine gifting for strategy, sir. And that you're one that as you sit and you meditate with the Lord, and, and I, I see kind of like you're one that will circle problems, you'll mull them over, you'll look at them, and God will drop divine strategies in your spirit. And I believe, sir, that God is going to give you blueprints, not just for the problems today, but he's going to give you what I heard that the Holy Spirit say was a, a legacy of blueprints, a vision for restoration in this nation that people will be able to pick up and look forward, even when your time for being right in the trenches and again, I'm not prophesying, sir, that you're going to step away from the battle anytime soon, but that this will be so succinct and so Holy Spirit driven as you give space for him, uh, that he is going to give you 
generational blueprints. And I also just, as, I, as I'm ministering to you, sir, I believe that the Lord wants you to know that he has your family well in hand, that your prayers are going are still before him, that the prayers of those behind you, even the grandmothers, the fathers, the mothers, the grandfathers are there. And I just, I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that even those that seem afar away or cold from him, he is going to visit and it will be because of your prayers. And they, and they will be turned around. So, Lord, I just one right now, I pray for those in his family that seem as if they're far off they're, or their heart is cold towards the things that you got. Lord, there's many great things that we can accomplish in this life, Lord. But, Father, there's nothing like having the relationship with you that Jesus died, bled for, and was resurrected for that we could have. So, Father, I pray for Representative Bishops children and grandchildren, God, that they would, an extended family, that they would know you well. And uh, Representative Roy, uh, as I was praying for you, I heard the Lord uh, speak this to my heart, that you are indeed, sir, a warrior, but that's not your identity. That's a function you've had to, you've had to walk in because you've said yes to the battle. But at your heart, sir, you are a father. And that is your core identity, sir. And that the Lord says, even as you walk about in the Congress, even as you meet with, with people here and there, different representatives, that there's some that you will meet that they're skilled men, they're intelligent men, they're imposing men, but in their heart on the inside, there's still a cry for a father with them. They still carry what, what, what I would call an orphan spirit. And that the great challenge of your day, sir, is going to be to know when to be a general, when to be a soldier, and when to be a father. And I hear the Lord say, as you walk closely with him, that you are going to know when to be a father. There are going to be moments where you're even, even dealing with someone that you're opposed to. I don't know. And I don't, I don't pretend to know how these things work. I'm not a C-SPAN junkie by any, by any stretch. But I believe God's going to give you moments with even those that oppose you. And an intense Holy Spirit-driven compassion is going to come upon you. And there's going to be times their heart is open what you have to speak into because they will know that you care for them as an individual and what i heard the lord say for you for you um uh representative roy is this is that you're you are one that he's raised up to be a refounding father like a like a nehemiah or like a nehemiah you're one that sees the condition of this nation even as nehemiah wept over jerusalem and saw we can be so much more if we can just come together and make what is essential, essential. And I believe, sir, that as you continue to say yes to the assignment of the Lord on your life, even I, even I, I sense for you deeply that God is bringing a time of, of, of refreshing and personal revival to you and even revival amongst your family, sir, that you're going to be, be, begin to begin to feel and sense God's aching heart for this nation and for those who have been oppressed, the downtrodden, uh, the poor, those that are seeking refuge, and you're going to feel his aching father's heart for it, and you're going to see how he wants to deal with it. So for all of you, I just bless you right now in the name of Jesus. I, I thank you, Lord, that you see their sacrifice. Many would say that this is a position of power and glamour and privilege, and in some ways that could be true. But, Lord, it's also one of intense sacrifice. It's one of 
great spiritual warfare. It's one of having slings and darts, not just pointed at you and hurled at you, but at your family and your extended family. So Lord, right now, I just stand as an intercessor and I cover them, their spouses, Lord, their, their children, their grandchildren, their extended family, Lord. And I ask God that for even, especially the little ones, the sensitive ones, God, that you would shield their ears from all the negativity, all the slander that be thrown these gentlemen's way. And Lord, I pray right now that above all, you would make these men radical men of prayer, God. That they would be those that are close to your heart. And Lord, whenever one is close to your heart, they're close to your words. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray over these three men. I thank you for them. It would have been easy for them to fold, easy to capitulate, easy just to give up. The sacrifice of this last week was intense. And I thank you. I thank you for Ralph Norman, for Chip Roy, for Dan Bishop. The day you first thought of them, the day they came to you to know you as their personal savior. The days that they were called into Congress, the day they were elected to Congress, the day they arrived in Congress and were sworn in. And they were convictional enough to stand when the heat came, when the test came, they had the courage to stand. We speak blessings on them because they are restoring that which has been lost in our government. Thank you for bringing integrity back where there's been deceit and lying. Thank you for bringing representation back where there's been a dictatorship and an oligarchy. Thank you for bringing fiscal restraint back in a culture that is violating the commandment, thou shalt not steal from future generations. Thank you for these men willing to take the heat on behalf of the American people. Way more than just the 750,000 people they represent in their district. They have defended the ways of not only common sense, but godly biblical truth for our nation. So I pray you encourage them. I pray you accelerate even the rest uh, tonight as they sleep that they have lost by virtue of being on this call will you accelerate deep rest in their bodies their minds and their spirits we pray physical protection spiritual protection emotional protection intellectual psychological protection relationship protection financial protection around them we pray for an avalanche of blessings to come up on them and angelic protection to be around them this night as they travel as they arrive tomorrow may they feel the support of millions across America who were saying, thank you. The correction is finally coming to this house. We praise you for them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, as, you, as you guys go back, I want you to feel the encouragement. Uh, I saw the attacks. Those are malicious, false attacks, and they were made in ignorance. I would take time to go through them, but I don't have time to go through them because I'm not going to. We want to focus on affirming you on this. Uh, Adam Schindler, I know you're between an Uber and a TSA. Are you able to jump on just say an affirmative word to them? Uh, go ahead, Adam. You're on. Yes. Hello. Thank you. I just got through security heading into the district tonight. Um, I just want to say that I really appreciate the work that you guys have done. Chip, I worked on the background in 2017 for you in Texas when you got the nomination initially. I work in Washington at the America First Policy Institute, and we've been following this closely, care a lot about um, an American First agenda, and believe that this Congress 
can make a significant impact in the next two years. And I'm very grateful that you guys stood for, in my personal capacity, I'm very grateful that you guys stood for the rules package and the things that you've done, particularly the church committee. Um, and that's a big deal. And while I was praying and asking uh, the Father for understanding, this verse popped into my head. It was just an address in Leviticus. Um, um, it's Leviticus 6, verse, can you hear me? Yes, we okay. can. Okay, it's Leviticus 6. I heard Leviticus 6, verse 4. And I just want to read this. This is Levitical law and... This is the verse. If anyone has sinned and realized his guilt and will restore what he took by robbery or what he got by oppression or the deposit that was committed to him or the lost thing that he found or anything about which he has sworn falsely, he shall restore it in full and add a fifth to it. And the, the sense that I get from that and just want to speak this over you all, I get a sense that part of what you guys did was stand for um, a number of things that have been taken from the American public. And I believe that we're in a moment now, specifically in the house where God is asking his people to stand for what has been taken and that he is in a point where he is going to restore, but that there is an admission of guilt and there is an acknowledgement. And I feel like what you guys did was that you stood up and you forced some people in Washington to acknowledge that they couldn't do business on status quo and that someone in Washington was willing to take some hits publicly to keep people accountable. So I just wanna encourage you as you continue on in the 118th and get started tomorrow, that God is restoring what has been taken and you guys are part of the plan. And I believe there will be an addition, a fifth that will be added to it because God brings recompense and restoration. And so I just wanna pray over you all. We thank you living God for these congressmen. We thank you God for the group of 20, for those that stood, Father, and even though there wasn't more, they are the pioneers, the trailblazers that set the path and showed the Congress, the new freshmen that are there and those that have been, um, I just feel like some of you guys know so many people that are just holding the party line to get on a committee. And there's a couple of people that have seen what you've done and they have internally said, I'm not just gonna play this game. I'm not gonna play the committee game. I'm gonna follow the integrity that I watched from these men and these women that led, that, that led the trail. So Father, we thank you for their character. We thank you, God, for their strength. We thank you and we ask God for um, a quickening by your spirit for other members in Congress, so other Republican members, America First members, anyone that acknowledges the goodness of God and the sovereignty of this nation. We pray, God, that you would open their hearts and their minds Father, to do the work of the people that they have been sent there to do. We pray your blessings of peace, prosperity, and hope. And I just declare hope over you all, even though that you're a small minority of people in the midst of a slim majority, that there is hope that God is moving, there is a time of restoration coming, and you are partnering with the Lord God Almighty to bring that about in this nation. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam Schindler. Thank you so much. Uh, Congressman, I was asked once on a radio interview, uh, outline, because my, my studies are in historical studies, uh, outline the number of times where the majority has been wrong. I said, okay, I had 24 hours to think about it. By the time I got on the radio interview, I realized the majority is almost always wrong. It, it, almost always, historically. And history is going to be very good to you men. History's got, the present tense is already coming to wake up to that fact. 
now, but history is going to be very good to uh, a group of heroes who are willing to stand during this time. We've got some people going to pray for you, but I want to open it up for you three members of the Congress to share anything more on your hearts. We have, we're so appreciative of you and so appreciative you came on. What's on your heart, any of the three of you? Jim, let me just close it out by saying that if this does nothing more than activate your listeners, you know, faith without works is dead. And I use an example of a seed uh, that I plant a garden every year. And I could pray for vegetables to drop in my lap. That's not going to happen. You got to plant the seed. God does the miracle in the, in, in the seed becoming a plant, producing fruit. We need to produce fruit. And now's the time. If not now, then when? And I think that if, if this, the, the, the real lasting benefit of what Dan and Chip and the others have done is to ex, ex, excite an activism. And what greater time than now? I'm excited. The future for this country is great. And it's about freedom. If we do not do it, then we lose our freedom. Good point. Uh, the other two of you, if you want to share, we want to hear what's on your heart. Or anything we should have asked and we failed to ask you. Uh, you're, uh, uh, Congressman Bishop, you're muted right now. We cannot hear you. I, I, I think, I'm not sure which one of you is talking, but uh, you're, you're both muted right now. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I'm sorry about that. I, I, was, I wanted to say, or have been moved to say, that the words that you've received to share with us from the Spirit are so uncannily accurate in every case um, that they, uh, in addition to being a blessing for the, the words themselves and what they remind each of us of, I mean, I, I was thinking about just, just to, the one that you made reference to Ralph's uh, nurturing. Some refer to Ralph as the mayor of Congress. He, 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 notwithstanding that we've been in difficulty with our fellow members, Ralph is the member who uh, has the warm greeting that everybody knows. He, everybody knows Ralph and loves Ralph. And uh, that was one that I just was so, uh, and, and what you said about Chip and indeed what you said about me. And, anyway, it, what it reminds me of, in addition to the blessing of the words you shared, is that um, although we are have, have gone there to sit there to do what we did this week, um, we are in a, in a brotherhood and a sisterhood with all of you. I, and, and we, uh, you know, what you do, it, the fact that you care about this, the fact that you know about all of this, that, that you would spend time listening to the three of us, uh, it, it, it is this, it's a source of nourishment and strength to each of us. And I'm grateful. And I give thanks to God for every one of you. Mm. Well, one time, sir, I was talking with Senator Ron Johnson. And I said, sir, I know it's very hard. Uh, it's about 90% gory and only 10% glory. And he looked at me and said, huh, what 10% of it is glory? <laughs> uh, Congressman Roy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with uh, you all, with Ralph, Dan, uh, and I appreciate very much those words and, and, and agree with Dan's observation um, about how accurate they are. Uh, and he's more uncannily so, and he's correct. I would only close with this, that, um, look, you know, I, I'm a cancer survivor. When I got through the other end of that, um, I, I was done with public service at that point. I served a long time. I was like, I need to go make money and go take care of my family. And got to the other, other end of cancer and decided I was going to throw every ounce of my being and trying to uh, create a world where my kids, grandkids could live free and live free. And there's no real purpose to living free if it's not to 
uh, let the people around the world know the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's the, the primary benefit for us to be able to be free. And I would, I would note that whatever eras we have been taking, um, they obviously pale in comparison to the, our dads and granddads and great-granddads that stormed the beaches of Normandy and others that have made those kinds of sacrifices. But importantly, I'm reminded of Acts chapter 7, and, uh, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, faced with clear uh, outrage and the likelihood of being stoned to death, uh, Stephen spoke very clearly, and we knew exactly uh, where uh, his heart was, and, and um, uh, we are reminded that what we are doing here is small in comparison to those who um, spread the gospel of the early church. Uh, in the face of all those who uh, questioned uh, what they were trying to do. So um, I'm just happy to try to go uh, fight the best I can for the people I represent and hopefully give give honor to to uh, our father uh, in the process. So I appreciate you having the opportunity to have the opportunity to visit you all tonight. We're sensitive to your time, but I'm going to go to Mayor Bill Wells right now. He's mayor of a city of 110,000 right here in the east part of San Diego a godly mayor, fiercely committed to truth. I'm going to have him pray over you. He's one who understands a little bit what's it like to take tremendous heat and pressure for standing for righteous causes. And uh, he's a man who also aspires to go to Congress, by the way. Now, maybe after hearing this, he won't want to, but <laughs> you know, um, Mayor Wells, will you lead in prayer for these three heroes for us right now? Yeah, I, I'd be glad to. I, I'm humbled to be with you, gentlemen. I, you know, like every other uh, well, most other Americans, I watched you on, on television this week, and I know a little bit about what it's like to take tremendous heat for standing up for a cause. I, I did that with COVID. I had our police department not enforce COVID restrictions. I took a lot of heat for that. But the what I really got out of that was something I never expected, and that's that dozens and dozens of people came up to me and said, you know, you gave me hope. I thought I was the only one who thought this. I thought I was completely by myself and nobody agreed with me. And then when I saw you saying what I was thinking on TV, it gave me a tremendous amount of hope. So I, I appreciate you, you doing that. And I, if you would just pray with me, dear Lord, please be with these men, <clears throat> give them strength and courage. They know they're doing the right thing, but sometimes it's very lonely to do the right thing. Lord, give them peace and uh, a lack of anxiety, give them strength and courage give them good humor, give them physical health and strength, and help them to stand firm and do what they know is the right thing to do. And what they know is the right thing to do, not just for the Congress, and not just for the rules, but for the people of the United States. And not just to win right now, but to give people hope, because people need hope in our nation right now, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for loving us, and we thank you for listening to us, and we thank you in expectation that you're going to deliver our nation. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Wells. By the way, he's a, a member of Congress. He's an expert on homelessness. He has 30 years of experience dealing with people with mental illness and addictions and is the most articulate person on how to deal with the massive homelessness uh, problem that's hitting so many of our cities right now. Uh, Dan and Carol Ketchum, you've lived in Jerusalem. You've lived all over the country. You've been in many countries. Pray for these men, and we're going to release them and let them get back to their families and get some rest. Dan and Carol Ketchum, lead in prayer, please. Abba Father, we thank you with such praise on our lips, gratitude in our hearts for these three men. They remind me that they are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They've been in the fire, 
but there is a fourth man that's been with them, whispering into their ears, counseling their hearts, and reminding them to have the vision, what heaven wants, that that kingdom can come on earth. And I pray, Father, that you will give them God-given faith ability to see something with clarity, even before it becomes reality, and to seize this opportunity with holy integrity. Would you remind them that they are specialists for this season? They may not feel smart enough. They might not even feel informed enough, especially when there are 4,000 pages to read in one night is an impossible. So we ask that you would remind them that your word says when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is very wise. So I pray, Father, as they become uh, instrumental in making distilled documents for our government, that it will be such that people can understand it. For we know when there's many words, there is something that might be nefarious about that. So I pray, Father, you will help them to be distillers of truth. And I pray, Father, that you would remind them that you said, you, Lord, in Psalm 3310, you can foil the purposes of the nations when they are going wrong or when our government is trying to go wrong, that he can thwart the plans of the people for the plans of Adonai stand forever and the purposes of his heart from generation to generation. Help us to guard the next generation's resources, Lord, Lord. because your word says, blessed is a nation whose God is Adonai. Thank you, Lord, for these precious men. We thank you for them. Amen. Abba, Father, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, your Son, our Savior, we thank you for enabling this nation to be a model government in the earth. (laughs) I thank you, Lord, for pressing into Dr. Jim and Rosemary, into Mario and Malachi and the others, especially into Congressman Ralph, Congressman Chip, and Congressman Dan, your call for such a time as this. Thank you you for allowing us to call on you, Lord, Mm -hmm. in strategic and pivotal times like we have watched on the television this last week as a nation. You are robed in majesty, and you are armed with strength, Lord. You have won a significant victory for the advance of conservative principles in this nation. Mm -hmm. And we rely on you for these next weeks, months, and years to continue to demonstrate your own power and presence. Mm -hmm. You have all wisdom and power, Lord. You control the course of world events, removing some leaders and setting up other leaders Mm -hmm. as you have just done. You give wisdom and knowledge to your true followers who learn your truth, Lord, and you reveal deep and mysterious things as you have done to these 20 who stood firmly. Only you know what lies hidden in darkness because you are radiant light and are surrounded by brilliant light, Lord. So in obedience to your word, we intercede for these leaders and others in our Congress in positions of authority so that we can live all across the United States, peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and 
dignity according to your word. We pray for the president, for congressional leaders, Supreme Court justices, and all national, state, and local leaders, Lord. By faith, we call all our leaders to be healed, redeemed, and filled with your Holy Spirit and nature. We declare that our political leaders would seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness above all else and live rightly, that they will receive from you everything they need to lead our nation, Lord. We proclaim by faith that decisions that are made for our spiritual, educational, political, military, medical, media will be inspired and directed by your own power, mm -hmm. your name. In the name of Yeshua, we destroy assignments of the evil one and we silence the voice of every dark force and any demonic foe that would set against our leadership. Holy Spirit, we agree with you to fill our political leaders, these three, the other 17, and the entire con Congress, Lord, with wisdom, understanding, discernment, and knowledge. Transform any of them from being politicians who think about the next election, and transform them to become statesmen and women who think about truth and the next generation to become upright, biblical, and godly. Grant them favor, increase their faith, prepare them to pursue your excellence, Lord. Draw them to you and enable them to know and fulfill your purposes. Please place people in their paths who provide scriptural, sound, and godly counsel, for without your counsel, their plans will go awry. Impart your wisdom and revelation to them about leadership and help them to lead with integrity. Deal with our leaders about keeping their hearts and their motives pure, Lord. We trust you to make their hearts pliable, willing, and obedient to your will. Draw each of their lives close to you to glorify your name, O Lord. Prince of Peace, we pray for the Senate and the House of Representatives as they consider and enact values, principles, and laws to govern our land and to allocate our nation's resources with wisdom. Would you please raise up authentic leaders who will make laws to protect our freedom so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives in godliness and dignity. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come soon through your son, Yeshua, the Messiah. You alone are God. You are subject to none. Yet all of us, all of them are subject to you. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever in the name of Yeshua and the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, Lord, we thank you that you are knighting these uh, righteous 20 who has stood the test and prevailed. Father, as your sword comes upon them, you place it in their hand, even Psalm 118, the psalm that was given at the moment the Passover sacrifice was made to atone for the people, for the nation of Israel, the psalm that was recite, being recited as Jesus gave his life for the redemption of the entire world, the greatest moment in history. And so may your word be wielded upon this 118th Congress, and may the people say, oh, give thanks to the Lord, 
for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. And may they say, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And may they say many of the verses of Psalm 118 and declare it over this Congress in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name, amen. Members of Congress, we are so honored to have you on. We've kept you considerably longer we planned on. Um, is there any place where what you have shared is written on a website so we understand these various rules? Or is it just too early for this to have been written and put in a public place at this point? Can one of you respond to that? Uh, Jim, I'll do the best I can by way of saying I know that that is we've uh, we've talked about it. I cannot speak to whether our staff member we have one uh, one executive director of House Freedom Caucus who served us through this, and uh, he is preparing those things. Whether they are up and running, I don't know yet. But we will make sure to get that information to you so that you can distribute it to those who may be interested as soon as it is ready to go. Thank you. Oh, so I'll jump in here. I'll, I'll jump in here and say that. There are some summary lists and graphics that have gotten out um, that are yeah. that are out there and, and kind of summarize the basics, but we're holding on a formal kind of list in totality until we get through tomorrow. We're trying to be respectful of the process and try to give guys time to whip the votes through tomorrow. Um, and then we'll try to get it out. Lord willing, we get the rules passed uh, tomorrow night. With the permission of the three of you, if it's okay, I'm going to put a link. I'm going to give you a link of tonight's. And is it okay if I send it out to a large group of, uh, tomorrow morning, the, the link of this event? Is that okay? Absolutely. Bye, bye. Okay. And uh, I'm going to include all the scriptures. We didn't have time to go over it at the very beginning. But to uh, Congressman Ralph Norman, to Congressman Chip Roy, Congressman Dan Bishop, I am so immensely grateful to you. We just pray the blessing of the Lord and the protection of the Lord around you uh, this night. Get some rest and know there's a lot of people that are going to be praying for you from now, especially till 5 p.m. tomorrow, and then ramp it up at 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We'll let all three of you get off so you can get some rest and be with your families a little bit before you have to make your trip to Washington, D.C. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Of you. Marvel, marvelous to be with you all. We appreciate it. Oh, blessings on you. Blessings on you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.